Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. Amen. Well, we praise God for the word this morning and that um, every word um, is a seed and it takes root in your heart. Amen. And the title of this message this morning, and I'm going to have to go over two weeks with this because there's quite a lot in it, is the way, the truth, and the life. And we've been doing foundations of faith for quite a number of weeks, so we trust God that your faith is, is, is strong, amen, that you're going from faith to faith. Um, and we're, you know, we never really stop preaching about faith. We never really stop because every time we, we open the word, we, we, we read it by faith. We believe by faith. Everything we do is by faith. But we're talking about the way, the truth, and the life this morning. And um, I, I heard something uh, this week. I've actually heard it before. Um, people talking about Christian deconstructionism. Decon deconstructionism. And um, the idea that, that, that deconstructing our faith in whatever way, breaking it down into small component parts, whether it's a tradition that we've had, idea or a belief system, so that people can examine their foundations and explore whether or not those foundations were, are really true or not, okay? And how useful are all of these things that I believe? And how what impact have they had on my life? And so there's this, uh, uh, I say a, a, a move, it's nothing new probably, because I think people have always over time had maybe had questions or a struggle with some aspect of their faith. But in recent times, there's been an acceleration of deconstructing our faith to leading to deconversion leading to, um, you know, abandoning and leading to apostasy, which means turning your back and no longer believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. So, deconstructionism is quite a thing, and I've been looking at it, and I thought, you know what, we, this is why we have to live our lives by the truth, the root, the, the, the root of our lives has to be in, in the truth. And in Mark chapter 4, verse 3 to 6, it says, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came, and they ate it. Some fell on sto stony ground. It didn't have much to get into, so it sprang up quickly, the sun scorched it, and it was done. Amen? But the key thing here in this verse, it says there at the end, because it had no root, it withered away. Whatever is not rooted is going to wither away. You've got to have a root. Amen? So, the root withers away. And how do we explain that? Well, you can go in Mark chapter 4, verse 17, and it says there, they have no root in themselves. 
And so they endure only for a time. But afterwards, when tribulation or persecution arises, for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. How, how does, does that sound like the days that we are living in just now? Increasing persecution, tribulation. Some of you might know that uh, it was only this week or the last week that the, at Speaker's Corner, a lady was stabbed for preaching the gospel. Now, I do understand that she was regular there, but she was stabbed for and slashed for preaching the gospel. Amen? In our tolerant society that's not very tolerant when you begin to talk about Jesus, when you begin to lift up the name of Jesus. Amen? So, Proverbs 2.22 says, the wicked will be cut off from the earth and the unfaithful will be uprooted from it. The faithful will stay rooted and grounded. The unfaithful will be uprooted. Anything that's uprooted is going to die pretty quickly. Amen. I mean, we've even got tomato plants that are still rooted. We didn't do a good job with them. They've had it we, there's one yellow flower. We were waiting for the fruit. We got one yellow flower. I'm so disappointed. But I think that's more to do with our gardening than anything else, you know. But if you have a good root system, if you're rooted and grounded in the truth, you will not be uprooted. Amen? You will not be uprooted. But your roots need to go deep. Your roots need to go deep. They need to keep on going down. Hallelujah. Proverbs 12.3 says, A man is not established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous cannot be moved. You're not going to be easy shifted. I done my back in trying to uh, take fuchsia bushes out of my garden. The roots were, I thought, I can't eat. And I was using ratchet straps and chains and everything. I'm going to get you out by the root because I don't want you coming back. And it pained me to, to do that. It's like, man, these roots are deep. I can't get them out. And that's how we have to be in this world. The, the, we can't be uprooted. We can't be uprooted. We can't be moved. And the thing is, the roots are the part of the tree that you don't see. They're underneath the ground. Amen? And it's usually the things that is not clearly evident or visible that make us who we are. Are we going to be successful? Are we going to endure? You know, so the roots are important. Amen. Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus and said, I pray that you would be strengthened in the spirit and rooted in the word of, in the love of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen? And so, this whole thing about roots is important. And we have deconstructionism coming along. And um, it means that whole sections of Scripture, and in some cases, all of it, is dispensed with. It's seen as not relevant. Hallelujah? doesn't bear any relevance to modern life. I say it bears everything. 
It is everything. It, God places this even above his name. Hallelujah. So, truth has now become a very subjective thing. We always say, you know, there's always three sides to every story. Your side, my side, and the truth. You know, it's like always there is truth. Truth exists. Facts exist. Amen? But these, in the times we live in, truths are being deliberately attacked and maligned so that other global agendas can be advanced to a dominant position. Because we once, our society was built on the truth once. Amen? Do you believe that? <laughs> it was. It was. Does anyone know about the history of co-winning? Have a wee, some of the, yeah, we'll have some co-winningites here that will know. You know, that, 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 are, that are, a lot of our society was built on the truth. And I believe that we need to know the truth. And God says to us in his word in 2 Timothy that we should study to show ourselves approved unto God. It really means there, be diligent to know what the truth is so that you will not be ashamed and that you will be able to rightly divide the word, the word of truth. You will be able to discern what is truth and what is not. Amen? And I thought, what, what, is, what does this mean in this context, truth? Well, truth in, as taught in the Christian faith or religion is respecting God and the execution of His purposes through Christ and respecting the duties of man. It's opposed to the superstition of the Gentiles and the inventions of the Jews and to the corrupt opinions and precepts of false teachers, even among Christians. So you've got the truth, and then you've got superstition. You've got invention. I just made that up. You know, did you think people go around making stuff up these days? Yeah. You've got um, corrupt opinions and you've got doctrines laid by people who are preaching false doctrine, false teachers. And those people will increase in the latter days. And so I, I, will, I would say to you, never take my word for anything. This is what you need to believe in. And give, give me a swift clout if I'm off base. You can, you know, this is, this, is, this is our truth. We've got to stay with this. Amen. And so I want to read in um, 2 Timothy again, but from the Amplified Version. It says, remind the people of these facts and solemnly charge them in the presence of God to avoid petty controversy over words which does no good, and it upsets and undermines and ruins the faith of those who listen. Charge them in the presence of God not to get embroiled, amen, over words which do not edify, give life, or create new life. And we had over foundations of faith, we had the power of positive confession, didn't we just a week or two ago, 
And how often do we get embroiled in all of the, the chat? Unbeknownst to us, it's beginning to deconstruct what the root of our belief. It's, it's, it's insidious. Amen? And it ruins the faith of those who listen. So all of the innocent people that are, give, that are, that are giving you their ear, it's ruining their faith. Study and do your best to present yourself to God approved, a workman tested by trial who has no reason to be ashamed, accurately handling and skillfully teaching the word of truth. But, this is fantastic, but avoid, avoid all irreverent babble <laughs> and godless chatter with its profane and empty words, for it will lead to further ungodliness. And their teaching will spread like a gangrene. Have you ever seen there someone with gangrene? You know, gangrene is terrible, terrible. So it is with Hymenaeus and Philetus, who have deviated from the truth. They claim that the resurrection has already taken place, and they undermine the faith of some. Nevertheless, the firm foundation of God, which he has laid, stands sure and unshaken despite attacks, bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of the Lord stand apart from wickedness and withdraw from wrongdoing. Amen? Wow, the Amplified Bible. Thank God for the Amplified Bible. It does amplify, makes those words loud. This is my opinion. I believe that God's Word is true, and it's based on historical fact. Nonetheless, the deconstruction of Christian faith is happening at an alarming rate. And is there anyone in this place this morning who has never doubted anything? <laughs> Thank I didn't see any hands. We have doubts. We doubt. We do doubt. And the struggle with doubt, deep, deep doubt, is a lived reality for many, many people. Amen? Sometimes that doubt leads to doubting in the truth of God's Word. Sometimes just maybe we struggle with a part. I remember speaking to a gentleman right outside that very door. He came to church one Sunday, and we had some time outside. And he said, you know what? I'm absolutely okay with all of this stuff, but there's only one thing I can't believe. I just can't believe it. I said, what is that? He said that Jesus was actually raised from the dead. Well, good night. Because <laughs> there's nothing else we can do. <laughs> so, maybe sometimes it's just a part of the word, but that part of the word is the very part that could shipwreck your whatever faith you think you have. Amen? And the total... The doubt that people doubt the veracity of Scripture, the accuracy of Scripture. They say, oh, it's flawed. Oh, well, I heard this, and some scientist said this, and whatever. Do you know what? Um, we, all, we all need to be aware. I know we're all not masters of apologetics and, and, and theologians, but, you know, people will cast doubt on God's Word. The enemy will see to that that doubt is cast on the Word. 
And of course, how many of you have heard this? It's just a fairy tale. It's just a, just a story. It's just a fable. Amen? It's so out of touch. How can I ground my life in this? Well, we can all have a grounding. And whether you know it or not, you have a grounding in something. Amen? If you don't have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will have faith in something else. And, 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 and that'll come up. But our lives can either be based on and lived out of the truth or out of perceptions. An old sales manager said to me, David, perception is reality. So we can live out of the truth or out of perceptions, which is relative truth. What's relative to you? Things that are based on feelings and emotions or whatever else is externally stimulating at that time or is pressing on your life, whatever influences, that is what I live my life by. So we have lots of choices. And I'm, maybe some of you are thinking, you know, what's he talking about this morning with all of this? It's getting, uh, maybe it's, it's not the usual message, but it's a timely message. Because some people after a major life event, a trauma, something very traumatic, Maybe you've suffered deep distress and sorrow. Those are times when it's possible for deconstruction to begin happening. You begin to wrestle with, with God and say, why? Why? Why did this happen? I have questions. Why did you let this happen? Why did this happen? And oftentimes it is in those times when things are deeply, deeply, you deeply troubled times that we can have this thing that we, we wrestle with. A shift takes place and we begin to wrestle with our core beliefs. Now, I think sometimes that that can have beneficial results. If we, if we really get to grips with what we believe, we can, we can strengthen our faith. We can fortify our beliefs. Amen? These times can sometimes provide for the weeding of the soul, help us to you get, get some things straightened out and sorted out, areas that we had doubts and, oh, I'm not so sure. We can do that. It's okay to ask God a question. Amen? It's okay to ask him questions. Some of the greatest revelation in the, revelation in the Bible came from people asking God a question. Thomas asked Jesus a question. Amen? You know, he said, where are you going? You know, doubting Thomas. He asked Jesus a question. Now, he could have just said, listen, I'm just not going to rock the boat here. I'm going to bite my lip and I'm going to shut up because maybe I'm going to look like a fool because I'm sure everyone knows what he's talking about and where he's going. But he didn't know. And so he asked Jesus, where are you going? Amen? And Jesus gives him an answer. Now, if we don't ask the questions, we're not going to get the answers, are we? But we may be surprised with the answers we get. So we have to ask questions. But there's a, a danger here in all of this, because if we are living our lives by what we feel or external you know, influences and circumstances, 
our feelings begin to dominate our lives and we begin to be disobedient to God's Word. And we live life by our, our senses and not by the truth. Amen? So, we have to be aware. Sometimes, for, has anyone ever been frustrated with something in Scripture? Not getting the understanding. And actually, it can give, give way to even an anger. Ah, yeah, you know, frustration. And I'm, I'm getting cross with this. That's an old word. I'm getting cross with this. But, you know, anger is only one letter away from danger. You put a D on the front and you're in danger. We get angry with God. I've got a great little mini book at home called Don't Blame God. He gets the blame. The devil gets the blame for a lot of stuff that, that out of, I can't blame the devil for some of my ignorance. But God gets a lot of the blame too. Amen? And so, either due to individuals deconstructing their own faith or other people having some sway and influence over them, these are major motivating factors in the deconstruction of people's faith. And this, this week I heard a testimony of a lady who joined a, a church. And uh, she had only been in the church for about eight months. And the pastor invited the lady to a church study group. And the purpose of the study group was to explore things relevant to theology and scriptural worldview and all of these things. And the lady um, said, yes, I'll come along to this study group that the pastor was holding. Um, unfortunately, it had the unintended effect of the deconstruction of her faith leading to what she describes in her own words as a very, very dark night of the soul. That's what she described it as. And she eventually cried out to God and said, is, is this all real? Is this, can I believe this? Is there any truth? If there is, look, God, send me a lifeboat. Rescue me. Do something so that I can believe. Thankfully, her situation turned around. God responded to her cry, and she's in the faith today still. But you know, we don't think that that would be the, the, would be the consequence of going to... A, I'm not, <laughs> we have great study groups in this church, by the way. But it's not... It's the, I mean, the pastor might have been perfectly innocent, but something began in her to deconstruct her faith. And maybe we, we first have to, I believe, get the foundation right. Let's get our roots rooted, deep, secure... And then let us begin to go from the milk to the meat. So many, you know, it's like Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So there's three steps there. The first encounter we have is with him as the way. He's the way first. Some people don't get onto step two, the truth. They just know that he is the way of salvation. But the truth eludes people. So we have to go further, amen? We have, to go, we have to go on, amen? So go to John chapter 8, verse 31 to 36. It says there, the truth shall make you free. Then Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, 
You are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Hallelujah. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. So how can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Amen? Free means that you are no longer liable, all right? You've been liberated from the bondage of sin. Amen? The truth shall make you free, free from all bondage. Amen? There's only one thing. This world and the people in it are searching for things that will fulfill their life, satisfy their life. And truly, the Word says that there are things that will satisfy for a season. There are things that are pleasurable for a season. But really, the only thing that fulfills our need for unconditional love, for acceptance and affirmation, for eternal security and for purpose is God's truth, the Word. Amen? Deuteronomy 7, 6, God tells us that we are a treasured possession. Amen? And so, I'm going to carry on with this next week, but I want to finish here just to say this. And I'll read a, bit of short, a short bit of Scripture. But I want to ask you, encourage you, take some time this week. Some of us are on holiday. Some of us are, you know, get it, trying to get some time to be alone and with family and friends. We went to our first wedding on the other day, and it was like the first time that the family from all sorts had come together. It was so good. So I know we've all got things happening. We're drawing together again. We're down to one meter social distancing and the church is fuller, praise God. But this week, take time to consider the things in your life that may be causing you concern. Amen? Sometimes we have to, what are, what are we trusting in? Are we trusting in the right things? Are we trusting in uncertain things? Or are we trusting in the certainty of God's Word and His truth? Amen? Where, go, this week, ponder, where have I invested my trust? Now, this is not going to be a, the step one to deconstructioning. Amen? But it's saying, where am I putting my trust? If, if He is the way, the truth, and the life, where am I investing my trust? Where am I investing my hope, my faith, all of these things? Amen. And in John 14, and this will be the key scripture for next week, let's read it before we, we take up the offering. John 14 from verse 1. It says, Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe confidently in God and trust in Him. Have faith hold on to it, rely on it, keep going and believe also in me. My Father's house, in my Father's house are many dwelling places. Hallelujah. 
If it were not so, I would have told you, because I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back again. Who's coming back again? Personal escort. Personal escort to take you back to heaven. <laughs> Amen. I will come back again and I will take you to myself so that where I am, you may be also. And to the place where I am going, you know the way. Oh, here's Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? But Jesus said to him, I am the only way to God and the real truth and the real life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Amen? That statement, and we'll go on next week, I am the way, the truth, and the life, that statement is the biggest challenge today to the unbeliever. That statement is the most politically incorrect, offensive statement that you will utter from your lips today. If you declare that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, you will go through trials, tribulation, persecution, all for his name's sake. That is the most uh, challenging statement that there is today. And so it doesn't matter what the government says, they've dispensed with the truth because you're now not allowed to say that Jesus is the only way, truth, and the life because the government have said that, no, there's more than one way. I am here to say that there is only one way, not through Buddha or Muhammad or any other God or, or any created thing. There is no other way to, to heaven. It's only by Jesus, through the name of Jesus. Amen. And so we, 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 we let us settle that in our hearts and let that be the very root of what we believe, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter. 